from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid, where we're going to bring you some actionable advice for your marketing in 15 minutes or less. Today, we're going to discuss maybe one of the most overlooked and powerful weapons in your lead generating arsenal. You might not even be thinking about it. It's your landing pages. Mm. Now, can I ask you a question right off the get-go, though, that's kind of out of left field? So I'm not sure how you respond to this, is because social media, specifically Facebook, is giving you the ability yep. to enter in le- or collect information from not leaving the platform, lead yeah. forms yep. within 100%. Facebook. Love them. Do you think landing pages are naturally going to slowly drift in viability from a social standpoint? Um, I think overall, the more platforms to start doing that, certainly the less uh, you would need them, but yeah. you're still going to need them for your email. You'll still need you're them still for You're still going to need them for your direct mail mm-hmm. marketing, right? If you're driving people to a landing page from your direct mail marketing, you're still going to need them for all for your Google ads, right? So unless until Google starts creating forms that you don't have to leave yep. the search platform in order to get information on, which not sure, you know, where yep. they're heading there. But other than that, like Facebook, like I definitely would not put all of my eggs and rely on Facebook 100%. Yeah. For my lead generation, you need other ways. And that's where your landing pages really come into play. The idea of a landing page, we're going to go over five mistakes that you are making on your landing page that are costing you leads. The first one really is this idea that the idea of a landing page is different than your homepage or your website. Right. A landing page and the mantra that we always use is one page equals one purpose, meaning your biggest mistake, you've got too many calls to action on your landing page. You're yes. asking people to do too many things and maybe even you have your navigation. We made this mistake years ago. Our landing pages and our Facebook ads used to drive people to a, a lead form, right? On, on a landing page. But then we had our navigation yep. on the page. Well, what are visitors naturally going to do? Oh, I didn't know they also had a blog. Yep. Or, oh, I didn't know they also had this thing. I want to go check that out first. And then, boom, you've completely yep. lost the purpose of that page, which is to get them in and get them to opt in to whatever you want them to do, whatever that call to action is. Maybe it's downloading an item of value. Maybe it's scheduling an appointment with you. Maybe it's doing a free demo or doing a free trial. But it's got to be super, super hyper-focused on that one thing that you want them to do. Yeah, one page, one purpose. The one thing I would add is that you've got to, though, make sure that you're giving enough information. I think I've I've hit a lot of landing pages, at least in my own kind of, you know, workings and as people are trying to sell me things and I'm interested in things and I get to the landing page and they have no navigation, right? So I can't go anywhere, but they don't give me enough information that I'll actually fill out the form. Mm-hmm. Like there's not enough trust signals. There's not enough data on what I'm actually getting. That's a huge so point. you have to be very, yes, it's one I purpose. see that with Google ads landing pages for some reason. Like I, I, I actually tend to avoid a lot of Google ads because I don't feel like I'm going to get everything that I need. That's a great point. Whereas I don't get that same impression from an Instagram ad that goes to a landing page, maybe because it's more visual. Well, I think also you got to think about what is the purpose of your landing page from this context. It's like if you're downloading like an ebook. So I think of things that attract me, like the three things you need to be measuring for your sales reps. If I get to that landing page and it literally is go, it goes entering your first name and your email address in order to get the three things you need to know um, or be measuring for your sales reps. 
I'm good to go. I have enough information because I know what I'm getting. I know what they need to give it to me. But if it's like a product, so take our product, for example. Ours is tricky, right? So because it's a product and you think it's a customizable magazine and there's so many details to it. And so it's trying to make sure you tailor your landing page to give people exactly what they need. So for us, like one of our most popular is send me a sample, right? Because that is, we're not explaining necessarily, it's all about just seeing the product, not necessarily about how much it costs, not necessarily about what you can customize with it. It totally is about just like, hey, this is an amazing thing. You want to see it? Send me a sample. Yeah, you mentioned some great principles on in terms of the copy and making sure that the landing page matches the ad copy that we're going to get into in, I think, our third bullet point. Um, but absolutely, that, this really speaks to what you're saying with send me a sample. Like the idea of personalized calls, calls to action, they convert 202% higher than a generic call to action. So I'll give you an Jeez. example of what I mean by that because I looked up an example here. This is using a, uh, let's just say you bought a new puppy and you want to buy flea medicine. This is great for the example you just gave too, but you come across a business who offers an online subscription for flea medicine. What CTA sounds better to you? Sign up. That's kind of the idea. Well, what am I signing up for? What am I doing? I just clicked on an ad. I just, I need flea medicine or get your first dose of flea medicine for free. So those are the two differences between when we talk about a personalized call to action, you're personalizing towards the user's need right? So beautiful marketing, send me a sample. Okay. I can see what I'm going to get. I know what I'm going to get from them in return. I'll fill out this form. It's really like when look at your landing pages today and ask yourself, if you got here, do you know in a matter of seconds what I'm going to be getting and what I'm supposed to do? Love it. And if you don't, it's like, what did you, the example you gave one time on a podcast, it's like, it's imagine your prospect is running on a treadmill and every time you are... Oh, yeah. The mental energy that you have to expound yes. for understanding and your what's website. The, I mean, the probably the time frame you get is under three seconds from somebody on, yeah. on an actual page. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, and this brings us, this is a great segue, uh, but it brings us into the idea yeah. that the second mistake is you're making is that your design is bad. And that's mm. exactly what you're talking about right now. Um, I've seen stats all over the place. The one that I have here says that you have eight seconds to leave an impression and tell visitors what they'll get out of your website and company. But once your page loads, users will form an opinion in half a second. Users Mm. will form an opinion about your company in half a second. And then this says, the studies say you get about eight seconds. But the importance of design, this is where design comes into play. 94% of people cited web design as the reason they mistrusted or rejected a website. So really focusing on the design and the design is all encompassing. It has to look good. It has to be good imagery. It has to be designed nice, but it also has to be designed in a manner that leads people through your page, through your value proposition. And we'll go into a little bit of like the anatomy of a landing page. Don't over-design either. Like Mm -hmm. I I jumped, this is my personal opinion, so take it or leave it. But I jumped to a lot of pages where it's like the graphics are loading or the things are, and and you're just like, it's so distracting. And in a way you're just like, I don't even know what I'm getting here. And and this is why you see a lot of the marketers out there, the click funnels of the world, right? Their pages from an actual like art standpoint of design aren't the prettiest designs. Yeah, don't don't misunderstand what I say They're design. They're practical. They're pragmatic. Right. I mean, it's unintentioned, yes. right? So you want intentional design. If you're designing a long form sales page or you're designing like a click funnel style page, a designer would not look at that page and say, that's beautiful design. But the point is, it is purposefully designed. Yes. To, con- to, to move people. you through their funnel, move you down their page, keep you hooked throughout until they get you to do yeah. the one thing. If you've ever been to a ClickFunnels site, you can actually tell because the little icon is in their, yeah. their browser icon. But you'll see every couple of sentences, there's a button. 
with the call to action. Yep. Then there's a video. Then there's a button with the call to action. Then there's copy. Then there's a video. Then there's testimonials. Then there's a button. And they're, what they're trying to do, and this is a great exercise for you to go through, is they're, they're trying to walk through the sales process in the mind of that that client, the context of that person and they're in and going, if I come here and I've come in the context of trying to download this thing, what am I thinking right now? And what else would I want to see? And this mm-hmm. gets into like with your designs, showing social proof, showing things like I'm a huge fan and advocate of like, look, when you're looking to purchase something, when you're looking to download something, the first thing that you start feeling is, can I trust this? Is this real? Yeah, yeah. And so you immediately need to showcase things, I think, to people of trust to take away that naturalness. Now, everybody in your industry, you know specifically the objections that people tend to have or mm-hmm. feel, and you've got to try to intentionally combat that in the in the funnel process. Yeah. So that kind of brings us into the anatomy of a landing page when thinking about design. Now, this is not 100%, you know, works every time, will work in every platform. You want to be able to test, but a basic anatomy that's going to give you good success on your landing pages is number one, what you want to see above the fold. So above the fold means before people scroll. This is included on mobile also. So you yep. want to make sure that when you're designing, you're designing for mobile, but you want a headline that matches what was clicked. So whether it's your email, it's your direct mail piece that's going out, or it's a Facebook ad, you want to be able to have a headline that matches what it clicked, that idea of the three things to superpower a sales team or whatever yeah. example mm-hmm. you gave. If that is what you're bringing people into the ad, that headline better, better be, say that. here's how to, here's the three things yeah. to superpower your, your sales team. Then you want a subhead that mm-hmm. just simply supports that, maybe, maybe explains a little bit more. You want your hero shot, or which is your image or your video right there. You want your form or your call to action. And then you want your social proof. That should all be above the fold. So the social proof that Luke was talking about this can be client logos, yep. right? If you work with clients, it could be your client testimonials. It could be if you've got five-star reviews on Facebook or Google include there. All of those are going to be trust signals. If you have uh, accreditations yep. or designations in your industry, these could all be trust signals where people aren't going to spend a lot of time on them, but they're going to see them. Yep. They're going to be like, oh, this person was uh, was featured in Founder. I'm yep. going to pay a little bit more attention to what, what yep. they're saying. And above the fold just means when you get to that site that the person doesn't have to scroll, scroll. at all. Yeah. It's exactly what they see and it loads on their screen. As you're scrolling down the page, then you want to continue including things like a reinforcement statement. So this is really going back and reinforcing what that headline is all about and making sure that all of that is about the reader, mm-hmm. not about your company. Then list out your benefits and features. So I've seen this so many times on landing pages that mistakes people make they lead with the features or they lead with the benefits as opposed to leading with what what the like the value proposition for the person coming to your page and then you can include a closing argument and finally that CTA again yeah. that call to action that call to action should be a nice big button that lets people know exactly what they're going to get whenever they click on well, it well and then it's also it's like the um i think google does this really well with their surveys and their different forms and stuff but making sure your forms are not too overwhelming mm. like when you actually Dude, you're reading my mind yeah you when you actually click that button like if I have to enter in a lot of information, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Make it super simple. Try to make it autofill if you can on certain things, you know, that type of idea. Well, yeah, let's jump to number four then. You're, the fourth mistake, now the third mistake you're yeah. making, is your forms are too complicated. <laughs> well, I figured it's a design but thing. It the flows. stats uh-huh. back you up. The yep. stats back you up from the standpoint of HubSpot has a study that says reducing the number of fields from four fields to three fields brings a 50% improvement informed yeah, completion. Yeah, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so meaning like what are you more apt to give? Phone number or email? Uh, me? Yeah. Um, I guess email. Yeah, Although I'm I don't really care. I guess email. Yeah, email. Um, Do you find it weird when you don't have last name when it's just first name? Do I find it strange? Yeah. No. 
Okay. So I because I don't like the I always I like I go just name. Yeah. Versus first name, last name, just name. Like oh, Luke gotcha. Just full first, name. Yeah. Versus first name, last name. Any little things like that. It's like make it so person, someone could go, you know, but you, it depends where you're at and what you're trying to collect. If you have to collect their last name. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you know what I mean? Really has to be. You just want to. What wanna... can you find out from them? Like for us, if we get someone's email, we can a lot of times find them. Yeah. Based upon the, the address of their email and putting it in Google and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, the idea there is only get what you need, right? Yeah. So if you have to have five pieces of information, that's okay. You can use five pieces of information. I would highly encourage you though to test. Try and see if you can get three pieces of information, then send them an email to try and get that yep. fourth or fifth piece of information or have them do a multi-step form to just to test that out. I don't recommend starting off with a multi-step form at all. Try your five fields, then try three with a multi-step form where you're getting the extra information. Then try three where you're trying to get the additional information through your email. If you're using like a piece of marketing automation, you can actually set up progressive profiling, which is super powerful because now if somebody comes back to your site after you've got their name and email and they come back to your site, you now already have their name and email filled out and then you're asking them for their website yeah. or you're asking them for their uh, phone number on the Couple next one. Couple things though, if you think about your form, right, that we do that could apply, that can help you is one is, um, if you're getting too many leads that aren't converting, your conversion can force you to put on the form more things. So for us, it was industry. We we weren't converting, not knowing what these industries are before we call. So getting people to put in their industry was something we added. But another thing that we added was, how do you want to use this? And we list it out. How are you thinking yeah. about using it? But it was really more of a selling tactic than an actual, we need you to fill out this yeah, piece I of I want to use this to make more money. Yeah, I correct. want to use this to get referrals. So, <laughs> if you think about the form that way, you can make a, a checkbox thing yeah. of going like, you're not really selling, but you are selling within your form by going, here's how most people use it, which is fantastic. Wow, I never thought about using it like that. And then you yeah. have the all of the above I yeah. use this for. The fourth mistake that you're making is that you are not spending enough time on your headline. So your headline is your hook. David Ogilvy, famous ad and copywriter, said 80% of your dollar is being spent on your headline. That continues to be true today. Studies show eight out of 10 people will read your headline. Only two out of 10 will read the rest. So this is really where you want to focus on being extremely clear and think about it in the terms of these three words, right? Clarity, relevance, and empathy. Mm. You don't want to be overly wordy. You want to be extremely clear. It's got to be incredibly relevant to the person visiting your landing page. And you know that it's relevant to them or you know how to make it relevant to them by looking at the link or the ad that yep. brought them there. And then the last thing is you want to be empathetic towards them. So your example, again, going back to the sales team, Luke wants to build a high-powered sales team. Yep. So understanding that that's where Luke's uh, drive and his motivation is coming from having that empathy then allows you to say, well, what would I want to see if that's my desire as well? I want to see three ways to superpower my sales team. We uh, interviewed, what's his name? Brendan Kane. Um, yeah. And he wrote a book called Hook Point, Hook Point which yeah. is all about this. I forget the episode. Great number. way, great exercises to go through to create But yeah, hooks. he has, yeah. I mean, a ton of info on this. And, and understand writing hooks is an art form. Mm -hmm. Like it's something, it's a repetition, it's a muscle you have to build. If you're a songwriter, the more songs you write, the better you get at songwriting. Dude, that's the great. more hooks you write, the better you're going to get at writing a hook. I love that analogy yeah. of literally writing a hook for your... Uh, Brendan Kane's episode was one ninety nine. If you want another book to help you out with landing pages, StoryBrand has a oh, great yeah. chapter on the best way to Good cultivate your uh, building a story. Page. That's a phenomenal... That, yeah, we yeah, really Donald did. Donald Miller, phenomenal this is a book. shout out to you to, to come on our podcast. Yeah, Here's awesome. some real world examples to help you with your headlines. I pulled these from Instapage. 
So here's an example of the to the point headline, secrets of B2B content marketing success with influencers. Here's an example of a how-to headline, how to accept credit cards with secure email shopping cart. Start your free 14-day trial now. So it's kind of showing them, we're going, this is going to show you how to do this. The number headline, so this is using statistics in your headline. Salesforce uses turn up customer satisfaction 45%, turn on sales cloud mm. or service cloud. So there's some clever there, you know, turn yeah. up and turn on. Uh, and then the action headline, improve your SEO with Moz Pro. So it's kind of giving them that instant grow your sales team yeah, this is with what's XYZ. Gonna Here's yep. what you're going to actually accomplish with this. The key is truly like, who are you trying to reach? What's the pain point that they feel? Who was it that it was a Dan Allison that said, if you can explain the pain point, who was the person that said, if you can explain the customer's pain point better than they can, they will buy from you. I remember, but I don't remember. I can't remember if it was Dan Allison. <laughs> I think it was, but who knows? You get credit. We've used you are. that example so many times, and I always remember yeah, who yeah, said it. But it's I... a great one because it truly is that. It's like, what's. Oh, what it's Brendan Kane. Was it Brendan Kane? Yeah, it was it was Brendan Kane said it. Yeah, yeah, well there you go. So <laughs> I gave book, credit book to Dan Allison. So but if you can do that, like if you can understand the pain point that your consumers in, that your prospects in, and you can write that yeah. to them, then they will they'll, immediately they'll, trust they'll you. Be interested. Yeah, because they'll believe that you yep. have the answers. Like the problem that marketers face or businesses face, like we do, is we try to service so many people. We work in over 140 different industries and there's subtleties. Is that a word? Subtleties. Subtleties. Uh, yes. And thank you for Josh. He's helping me with my with my dictionary. You always here. put the P in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Subtle. But if you like for us, it's like we have so many industries that we're trying to kind of tailor to, and that can mess you up yeah. in your marketing because you're trying to hit everybody's pain point, but you got to really hone in and focus in. Yeah. Finding your ideal client. We have some episodes on yeah. finding your ideal client as well. Right for that ideal client, you know? Yeah. You can also, if you if you are hitting on multiple different, let's say you just have 10 different personas that you work with. Well, your ad is going to be directed towards one persona. Make sure that the copy on the landing page matches that persona's need yeah. or your email should be segmented by that. So you can still control the flow of the traffic. Industries is a great example. We try our best to make sure that our real estate uh, prospects only see the real estate landing pages. Now, it yeah. doesn't always work. It doesn't always but work. for the most part, Sure. <laughs> part we are we're segmenting that way. And then the final mistake that you're making with your landing pages is you are not tracking your results. You're spending money, you're sending emails, you're running Facebook ads, and you're not actually looking at the the actual ROI or the results from that. And I don't just mean overall. Obviously, yep. there's an overall, hey, if I'm getting sales from this, I feel like I know that it's working well. But can it be working as good as it could be? Yep. This is really where we saw a big boost in our own online conversion rates and in our win percentages when we started looking at all of the conversion points along the way. So don't just obviously look at the sales that are coming from a particular landing page, but make sure you're also looking at the conversion rates on your landing page. How many yep. people, so it's total visitors divided by the total number of form submissions that you got from that landing page will give you your landing page conversion rate. 10 to 20% I've seen uh, is tends to be okay. a good range. If you're 20%, you're doing really, really good. Our best landing pages, just by tweaking some copy, tweaking the button, tweaking the language in the button, we've gotten as high as 30%. So remember, that's real dollars you're spending to get people, whether yep. it's email, email's still costing you money. You're spending real dollars to get people to that landing page. Make sure you're looking at how they're converting on that page. Mm. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. Such and you can use point. Google, if you have Google Analytics hooked up on your website, you can see how many that visitors are coming. To all of marketing. All of marketing, yeah. yeah. Um, traffic, uh, uh, tracking your traffic source also is a huge, yep. a huge way to do that. Cause I can show you your email traffic versus your Facebook traffic and what you might need to tailor independently for each. So there you go. Those are the five mistakes that you are making with your landing page that are costing you leads. How much time did we do that in? Couldn't have been Excuse 15 me, minutes. In 19 minutes. I know. I saw, I saw your face. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I should probably stop talking. Cause yeah. 
I was like, man, I'm, I'm talking too much here. Well, we said that the, 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 the meat of it is in 15 minutes. Yes, exactly. We spent a couple minutes ahead of time. We're going to spend some minutes There's afterwards. There's some banter here and there. If you listen on 1.5, it's definitely 15 minutes. Put it on mute. Yeah. You can't listen to Josh and I on 1.5 for some reason. It just doesn't work. Like I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts on 1.5 speed, but you can't with us. It's like we talk too fast. Thank you so much for listening. Head on over to staypaidpodcast.com for the show notes and the video of this episode. And to help you keep track of your conversions, you can actually download our free lead calculator at remindermedia.com slash calculator. To support the show, we'd love it if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you can leave us a five-star review and a comment to let us know how we're doing. And the best way to help out the show is to tell a friend. Luke, what happens when you drop a steak on the floor? Mm. It becomes ground beef. <laughs> Even the audience laughed at that one. Well, look, a steak pun is a rare medium. Well done. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got a two for one. How do you like your steaks anyway, Luke? Uh, medium rare. I tend to like mine a little undercooked, but that's rare. <laughs> Should I keep going? What's a dinosaur's I mean, favorite steak? <laughs> Raw. Yeah, yeah, that one's <laughs> that, bad. That one, you should have stopped while you were at. You should right stop while you were at. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for all of the shenanigans. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Agri. Two action items for you. One is, I think what can really help your landing pages convert is if you think of where the people are coming from and make sure that your call to action matches what they get on that that landing page. So if it's a Facebook ad, whatever you're presenting there in the Facebook ad, when they hit that landing page, it's represented right there for them. So they're getting instant gratification of what they actually asked for. Same, look at your emails. You're driving people to landing pages. What is your landing page saying that is actually in correlation with that email? The second thing that I think is very quick that you can do, and this, you can do this on your website too, go look at all your forms. Look at your forms. And I mean, you heard Josh say like reducing from four fields to three fields. What was it? Like 50%. 50% increase. Yeah, 50% increase, right? In conversion. So look at your forms and ask yourself, do I need to have this information for what I want to accomplish after collecting this lead? And try to get as little fields as you can on that form because the barrier to entry is so much less for your prospect. Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry is talk, talk, talk producers. Talk producers, top producers, and talk producers. Take action. Take action on that today. 